Hi, you're listening to Global Skycast, the show that brings you all of the most up-to-date aviation news, interviews, and insight from around the world. Good morning and welcome to another Global Sky Media, uh, Global Skycast. My name is Alud Davis. I'm the editor-in-chief here at Asian Sky Group and Global Sky Media. Uh, delighted today to be joined by Sergio Chikuta from SMG Consulting. Hello, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Sergio. Which part of the world are you in at the moment, uh, Sergio? South of Los Angeles in a place called Orange County. Okay, great. And maybe we can just begin by, people might not be aware of who SMG Consulting are and what SMG Consulting do. Could you just briefly sort of outline some of the main business activities? Absolutely. We are a mobility consulting firm, and we basically specialized on uh, auto tech. There would be this uh, new intersection of electrification and autonomy in ground transportation, as well as aerospace and defense. One of our areas in which we have put significant focus in the last few years, and also the practice that I lead, is the um, advanced mobility in which we look at this new um, part of aviation that is going to revolutionize the way we move inside cities, the way that we move in our regions. Uh, we have a diverse group of customers. And as you can imagine, in industry, like a uh, growing industry, uh, no one wants to release their names. But uh, we work with them to help them with anything connected to the growth side of their business whether it is uh, understanding a market, creating a go-to-market strategy, or developing a business plan, all the way to advising them on investment as well as mergers and acquisitions. And uh, last but not least, we have a research side of the house, and our research side of the house publishes uh, publicly available tools as well as research notes and two of the tools that are somewhat renowned in industry are the Adventure Mobility Reality Index, as well as the Adventure Mobility Infrastructure Readiness Index. Absolutely. And I think it's probably those those two indexes were certainly how I first came across SMG Consulting. And it's a fascinating piece of work. Can you sort of explain exactly what both of them are, please? The, so the two indexes cover two pieces of the ecosystem. If we look at the ecosystem as made of different pieces when it comes to Adventure Mobility, one index, the Adventure Mobility Reality Index, covers the OEM side of the house. Specifically, it's trying to understand what is the likelihood of an OEM to certify as well as produce a specific vehicle in the quantity indicated in their business plans. On the infrastructure side, what we call the AIR Index, uh, less of a mouthful than Adventure Mobility Infrastructure Readiness Index, looks at the readiness of the various companies, in this case, we have taken as a proxy for infrastructure vertiports, uh, look at all these vertiport companies and how ready they are to house commercial services in the coming years. I want to come back to infrastructure a little bit later on, because it's a crucial part of this, the AAM movement, and perhaps one which um, might not seem as ready as certainly the OEM. But according to according to the index, and, and forgive me, I haven't seen it for a few weeks, which company, which OEM is the most likely to bring their um, EV toll to market first? 
So the way that we see it is we look at uh, how advanced they are and we look at five different parameters in order to understand how likely these OEMs are to reach the finish line. In this case, we look at the funding that the company has received, the experience that the team has. We look at the technology development. We look as well as the progress on certification. And last but not least, at their manufacturing readiness. So how far along are they in order to uh, build the vehicles? If we look at the index recently, um, a company that has been always placed in the top position in probably over the last year has been Joby. And Joby is is one of the oldest companies out there, having been uh, funded in 2009. And it is also one of the companies that have an entry into service of 2024. And they're also underway in building their conforming aircraft and starting actually flying for credit with the FAA within the end of this year, beginning of next year. And I guess up to a certain point, the data is obviously uh, amazing. The one that looks great on paper and what works on paper might not always come to fruition. So I guess in certain circumstances, there are times that you just you just get a feeling about a company. You just sort of know and understand, despite what all of the data says, you get a great feeling that this company is going to work. It's going to get to the finish line, like you put it. Is there any one of those EVs or manufacturers that maybe might not be towards the top of the, the index at the moment that you think has a better chance of making it? So when, when it comes to this, we are very data-driven. It might be that all of us come from corporate uh, executive levels in corporate data rules. So we, we have always strived in all of our index and in all of our work to take out any subjectivity and introduce specific parameters with specific milestones and measures. And therefore, whatever the ranking is, is just an algorithm computation based on the achievement of the company. Now, when it comes to this, I would say there is other companies out there um, are there with Joby. Another company uh, alien from Europe would be Volocopter. They're doing a lot of great work and they might probably end up being what, number one or number two when it comes to entry into service, as well as um, other companies that are out there. We have Archer in the United States. We have Eve Air Mobility in Brazil. And we have uh, Vertical Aerospace in the UK, as well as uh, Lilium in Germany. And to round the top numbers, we have uh, some of the companies that are actually working on the cargo side of the house, uh, whether it's manned or unmanned, and that would be Beta Technologies, that is one of the top three companies out there, as well as Elroy Air and Pipistrel, both of them working on large unmanned air vehicles that are going to be operated as cargo vehicles. How many companies does, do, do you track? Because there are a huge amount of um, manufacturers out there and, and the more seem to be popping up virtually on a weekly basis. So it must be a pretty tough job to, to not only keep that data up to date, but also to research new manufacturers. It's, uh, it's the famous adage of if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. But uh, you're completely correct. Uh, new companies come about weekly, both worldwide and especially looking at China. Uh, there is more and more companies coming out there. But if you look at all of these companies, we basically look through each and every one of them um, when they come up. 
And I would say there is some companies that are in the index. There is some other companies that were looking at that possibly could join the index in the future. Uh, and then there is a slew of other companies that we basically monitor to see how they are going to do. But again, if you look at companies, unless a company is as a solid product and a solid business plan, we do not want to take the time. Uh, if you look at the Vertical Flight Society, it counts more than 700 different vehicles from probably over four to 500 OEMs uh, worldwide. And if you look at it, again, a lot of these companies, they don't, they're not as solid as maybe the 40 to 70 companies that we actually look at. I was going to ask you, actually, if there is a, a cutoff point, effectively, where you say, OK, so to be able to make the index, this company has to have X. It has to have done X, presumably. Well, what we do is when a new company comes along, we ask ourselves, what makes you different and more successful in your product, technology, business case than the companies that are already in the index? And I think that creates a little bit of a high bar. And again, I mean, it doesn't mean you need to be better than the top three or the top five. But we want to make sure that the companies that we're introducing are companies that are not going to flame out and disappear. Again, consolidation will come. Uh, but at the same time, we are very conservative when it comes to adding company, even if there is companies that are on, uh, let's call it a wait list, as in we, we plan to introduce them to the index, but we are uh, basically doing it in a way that we do not overwhelm our, the people that follow the index. And we want to make sure that, you know, specific progress is being made. Mm, absolutely. Taking the, let's just say the, uh, the top five companies in the index, is it something common that runs through all five of those companies that's going to make them successful? Is it they all share a huge amount of funding? Their engineering expertise before they got into the VTOL world was, was solid. Is it, is it something that sort of links those companies together? So the, the, I think if we looked at the top five companies, I would say what puts them together is a very solid product that is engineered for a successful business case as well as production and certification. And we think that all of these points are very important. Until last year, the question was, will we be able to certify these vehicles? I think we put that behind us. Now, the next question is going to be, will we be able to make them, especially in the numbers that these companies are looking at? And then the second part is, are we going to be able to uh, make money with them? And that is a little bit of a longer term answer. However, for sure, there is a certain amount of money that companies need in order to be able to you know, be at the top of the index. These vehicles are extremely expensive to develop. I know that many times we call them flying cars, but at the same time, let's not forget these are airplanes. And airplanes cost a lot of money to develop with the figure. Um, and again, it's just a ballpark around a billion dollars as far as, you know, developing something in the West. So we're talking in Europe, we're talking in, you know, Japan, Australia, US. 
Last but not least, I would say when it comes to, you know, some of the 10 companies that are at the top, one of the one that emerges uh, because it's different would be Whisk. And uh, the interesting thing about Whisk, it is the company with Kitty Hawk. But again, it is the company. And again, Kitty Hawk and Whisk are kind of related cousins, maybe distant cousins now. But the idea here is that they are developing a passenger transportation vehicle and system that is fully autonomous from the get-go. And this is one thing that differentiates them from all the other companies that have instead introduced an in-between step that is coming in with a manned vehicle and then ultimately taking more and more of the vehicle off of the pilot so that it becomes service, uh, I mean, a, a person that looks after the airplanes. Until then, at certain point, these aircraft basically are going to be not to have a pilot. In case of WISC, for example, there will be a remote operators overseeing multiple vehicles. But again, it won't be on the aircraft with the passengers. You mentioned money. I think the story came out recently that um, United Airlines had, had made a pre-delivery payment to Archer for, their, for part of their 100 aircraft order. How significant do you think that is? So... Just a little bit of background. We're, we're about to release our, our next AAM report in the, in the next couple of days. My editorial note at the beginning talks about how important it is, how much of a, a watershed moment it is, because um, as far as we're aware, at least publicly, it's the first time that somebody's put their money where their mouse is. Um, so it's the first time that anybody's put any money down for any of the mega orders that anybody's placed. Is that your view as well? So... If we look at the orders, uh, less than 8 or 9% of the orders are actually firm. And when we, and right now we've reached, we've surpassed 11,000 orders for the companies that we track. And when we're talking about a firm order, the most fun way to describe a firm order is an order that causes pain to the person that cancels it. It can be something that's easy, uh, and this pain can be contractual, it can be penalties, it can be money. But when it comes to this, the conversion of order with deposits to firm, it is important. However, as everything in this industry, anything comes with caveats. Uh, we always call this industry the industry of it depends, because it really depends on a lot of different factors. Uh, in this case, both American Airlines and United have committed even if the two orders are the two deposits are not the same, as in the deposit that American has placed is not yet in the hand of the OEM. The deposit that United has placed is in the end of the OEM. However, in both cases, the companies that have placed deposits are investors as well. Uh, and that makes it a little bit more difficult to draw the line when it comes to delivery of this payment. And then the second part is how big these payments are. And so these payments are usually single digit percentage. And therefore, while there is a confidence in the aircraft, push the companies to make the down payment. At the same time, it's not something extremely large. However, if you start to see more and more companies converting orders, that becomes another source of income or revenue for these companies uh, that they didn't have before. And it can help them with their financing needs during the development of the aircraft. Absolutely interesting. So switching tracks slightly and moving on to infrastructure, you have an infrastructure index as well, I believe. Yes. The infrastructure index is 
an index that was born on the same philosophy behind the reality index, that is provide a simple yet nuanced view of the industry, but something that it's easy to compare. Our indexes are purposefully simple so that they can allow people from outside the industry to understand as well as make comparison, because as we say, it depends. In case of the infrastructure index, we have five parameters, once again, with the algorithm that is completely different from the Adventure Mobility Reality Index. And each of these parameters has different weights, even if the name might be common with the other index. For example, funding and team are common. However, the milestone with which these two parameters are scored are completely different. Uh, because they're tailored to infrastructure. On the infrastructure side of the house, we also have other three parameters. And the other three parameters, one uh, of the parameters is partnerships. So the infrastructure is not something that can be just described or accomplished by one company. So it needs many different companies coming together. So in this case, we looked at Vertiports for the simple reason that it is not easy to compare companies across the infrastructure ecosystem, because for example, how do you compare the company that does air traffic control with a company that does charging? There are different parameters, different business cases. And so what we decided to do is compare Vertiport companies. Why? Because the vertiport, an open, commercially open vertiport, is the sum of all of the pieces needed in order to start commercial operations. And so these vertiport companies need to have significant amount of partnerships to provide all the different needs. Uh, they will need companies that provide cybersecurity. They will need companies that provide weather. They will need companies that provide charging, et cetera, et cetera, all these different pieces. Another one of the uh, parameters is the regulatory progress. Uh, so these companies are working with the regulatory agencies to understand what does it mean to build a vertiport. Uh, you've seen that IASA released their vertiport uh, document, FAA released their own, and ASTM last week there is their own as well. And so there is some specific regulatory process that need to be accomplished. Now, what makes it even more difficult is that each city, it will be located in different countries. And so this regulatory process not only is ad hoc per country, it becomes also different per city. And last but not least, we look at the deployment progress. At the end, the, the minimum viable product for a network of vertiports is two vertiports, right? I mean, you need to have a place to go and a place to come back to. And so what we want to see is how these companies are deploying these networks in different cities and across different countries. And so once we put all of these together, we come up with this rating of, is this infrastructure ready to receive the vehicles and start commercial operations? Absolutely. So, so you're looking at companies that build the verticals themselves, not infrastructure on an individual citywide basis, for example. So we many of these companies are starting in specific countries, but just because, for example, they will they are co-located in the countries, they are working on projects in their countries, like, for example, the Group ADP, 
But then we see this develop into a worldwide market. And all of them have said, you know, they want to look across the entire world. And if you look at cities around the world, I think you can put cities in two different buckets. You can put cities in one bucket that is city that are interested in getting the service and getting started. And these cities, for example, are like Singapore, where the market is good, but it's not enormous. But at the same time, there are cities that are proactive in bringing the service to the front. There are other cities instead where the market potential is enormous. But at the same time, the city, while it's working with the board companies, with the OEMs, it's not getting out of their way to bring the services to bear. And that could be uh, cities like Los Angeles, cities like Tokyo, where the work is being done, but at the same time, it's an extremely large city with a large bureaucracy and not something that can be done as easily as some of the smaller cities. And so I asked you um, earlier on when we were talking about the AAM Reality Index, if there was a common theme between sort of the top five companies within that list. I'll ask the same question again when it comes to the infrastructure side of the things as well, because I presume a company like Group ADP, who has lots of experience of, of building airports around the world and managing airports around the world, would be high up on that list anyway because of the experience that they already have. So I would say you're correct. Experience is important, but experience comes also from the company and the team because there is specific startup that might be new, but at the same time have significant expertise through the people in their executive team. But if you look at this, I think the the common theme between the top companies, what they're doing, they are working to establish partnerships. They are working across many different cities, writing conops, as well as building prototypes. And what I mean with prototypes, it's a prototype of the flow or prototype of the vertiboard. Basically, we do not know how a vertiboard will behave. Will it be similar to a train station? Will it be similar to an airport? We can even go into more detail. Will it be similar to a train station in the US or in England or in Europe? Or will it be similar to a Japanese train station? And they're very different. And so what we see is these companies are taking the time, spending the money to try to understand the customer journey through the entire process of the infrastructure and vertiport, because at the end, we do not know what we don't know. And doing these experiments helps. For example, Beta Technologies, it's the only OEMs that actually has vertiport side of the house. But their vertiport are mainly for commercial operations. And what I mean is cargo operation. And with this, basically, they're building a network of what I think of as the Tesla supercharger network of the air that will allow this via, their vehicles to basically serve anywhere in the country because they will be able to move at least to start in the United States and accomplish basically the job that they are called to do that is to help with delivery of cargo, replacing aircraft that might be more polluting, older with something that is new. But what the company has done, for example, has flown 1,200 miles through a series of these vertiports, proving the vehicle on a long-range cruise, proving that these vertiports would work, how to come up, how to go down, how to operate in uh, commercial airspace, 
So all of this is to say they have done a demonstration of their infrastructure. Similar demonstration, um, Urban Airport did it with their Coventry location. And again, looking, working with the drones because there were no, no air taxis yet. Group ADP is preparing to do a demonstration at Pontoise. And many of these other companies are involved in other demonstrations. And I think you will see more and more of these uh, demonstration being done to help with the entire customer journey. In these coming days, for example, Ever Mobility is doing something in Chicago after doing it in Rio. And basically, they're using a helicopter to understand the customer journey. And, and I think that that is very important. Sergio, I think that's a perfect moment to, to sort of end our conversation. But before we do, you mentioned that the uh, AAM and infrastructure uh, reality indexes are both available freely online. Uh, where will people be able to see them for themselves? So we have a website uh, appropriately called aamrealityindex.com, where both of these indexes reside. And they are updated on a regular basis, monthly or bi-monthly, according to how much data is available as far as news. They are not alone. Other indexes will join towards the end of the year, beginning of next year. All of the indexes are available to a wider public, and I assume a much wider public, through our cooperation with Aviation Week that publishes them as part of their product for the Advanced Mobility called AAM Report, as well as through their magazine. Perfect. Sergio, thank you once again for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having us. Not a problem at all. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.